0: You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Thursday. You know what that means. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hull, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. Since it is Thursday, we are doing the Michigan Mailbag in which we are chock-full. Well, not quite chock-full, but a good amount. I'm happy with it. So let's go ahead and start with our leaders and best, starting with James Crudup at James Crudup 6. Do you enjoy the spicy back and forth between Michigan and Ohio State's O-line commits? And obviously, you asked that around the same time that I was doing yesterday's episode, in which I devoted a fair amount of time to that. Um, it's, It's one of those things, if you're Ian Moore, you better back it up. Right, because the thing is, is he you know he wants to point to hey I get to go you know if if everything goes well I get to go in the first round of the draft hey Ohio State's got a couple guys going in the first round of the draft that's all good and well but how do they do against Michigan right you know the, that the offensive line for Ohio State has done well except for against the better defensive lines and all of that kind of stuff so it's you you can have the, your guys back but you better be able to back up everything that you are saying at this moment. So uh, Michigan clearly has things kind of built. It doesn't really matter. Ra- Rankings don't ultimately matter all the time, right? Michigan's had some extremely good offensive linemen in the last several years who were not like high-end guys. Andrew Stuber, Andrew Vistardis. Uh, I mean, heck, Olu-, Olu Timmy wasn't even highly ranked as a uh, as a recruit. Um Ryan Hayes was a four star, but he wasn't like, you know, and what at the time of his commitment, I believe he was in like the 100s. and I think he ended up in the 200s or something like that. Maybe even threes. Um, Carson Barnhart was not like a super highly rated dude. Uh, The only ones that really kind of were, and the ones like I mentioned yesterday, out of all of these linemen that Michigan's had, that had Ohio state offers were Trevor Keegan and Zach Zinter. And yet there have been five plus other guys who have done a really good job so in order to and have been able to beat ohio state so in order to advance your narrative that you have to have an ohio state offer in order to to be better than ohio state it just doesn't track also looks like sam and ej have time for each other today as well which matchup would you prefer to see i guess it's just a spicy wednesday um i i, I don't really you know i'm not really going to touch that but i i would obviously rather see the football one of it all Josh Barr at was expecting to see some attrition through the portal after spring ball concluded, but it seems like guys are doubling down to fight for spots as no one has been jumping to leave. Do you get the vibe that the culture that is is that strong now because it seems like it from a distance? Well, I, I think it's still, there's still like, what, another week or so with the transfer portal open. So I, I I think things can still happen. But yeah, I do think that it's certainly stronger than it was when it felt like, okay, I'm not a starter. I'm out of here. Uh, of, uh, after the transfer portal first opened. So the culture is very strong right now. Uh, I think it speaks to the togetherness, but certainly there have been guys who have left that you would maybe even, you know, maybe not in, in the post spring, maybe it hasn't been quite as emphatic as it was right after the season when guys like Taylor Upshaw left or, um, I, I can't even remember. <laughs> that's, that's kind of a good sign. Uh, I don't think that you're going to lose anyone surprising like we've kind of seen in the past, which is kind of the good news when it comes to that as well. My brother in metal, Michael Wolf at M Wolf 21 Michigan recruiting seems really good right now. Is that because of on-field success or the coaches recruiting at a higher level? Do you expect this class will finish top five? I don't know if I'm there yet with the top five. I mean, they need to finish strong. I think they need to get at least another five-star in order to do that, maybe two. Uh, they're certainly in on a couple guys, or at least they need to really load up on some of those uh, other others but i think it's a mixture of everything i think that they they when we were complaining about 2023 collectively uh they were really starting to put the you know the groundwork in for 2024 uh obviously jaden davis being a pinnacle of that and uh some other guys and it's starting to kind of come to fruition now they need to be able to close with some high-end guys like a dylan stewart type i think or justin scott justin scott who's visiting over the summer dylan stewart's already visited. Close with a couple of those guys and suddenly things are in really, really good shape. So it's uh that's, I think a big part of it is being able to close. Could it finish top five? Absolutely. Will it? Uh, they're the number three team in the nation, I believe right now behind Ohio state and Georgia. And, uh, but you, you need to be able to close on some more of those guys. And especially if you can do that at the defensive line, because that's really the only place that I see them probably getting those five stars are, uh, edge rusher and defensive tackle. Um, then, then I think they have a chance to finish top five for sure. But uh, I would I would say top ten for sure. Top five, maybe they'll be around five. I don't know that that what who or what they'll necessarily end up getting there. Uh, Jimmy Whitner, Jimmy Whitner, one. What positions would you like to see us add through the portal? Um, defensive tackle, not because they necessarily need it, but just because there's a couple guys out there, Tywon Malone, Barry Alexander, that I would love to see them. Just continue to add depth there. Obviously, cornerback. There's no cornerback in the portal right now that I'd sit there and say, yeah, they absolutely need to need you know get this guy. But after kind of what happened with the Marion Walker uh, in the spring game, I'd like just some insurance there. And then if they could get a top-flight wide receiver again, I don't not a guy I think is going to necessarily be out there. I think that would pay dividends. But those would probably be the only three positions. Unless, I mean, unless there was just a game-changing linebacker, which, again, I, I don't believe that there is. There's no Henry Toto or Pelai Gautioti uh, it type guy in the portal at the moment. But if there was, then I'd say, yeah, by all means. But, I mean, they already got the linebacker and Ernest Hausman, and uh, I just don't know that there's anyone else out there that it's just like, yeah, go go ahead and get there. Number two, what would you say is the best Michigan sporting event you've attended? I mean, pick either of the last two Ohio State games are none. I mean they're that's it doesn't really get better than that. I just wish I was on the the sidelines for the uh the 2021 one cuz that probably would have felt electric, but I was warm. So I guess I can't complain too much, but really there's no comparison to those two. Uh otherwise they were probably all still Ohio State games just losses, 2016, 2013 uh were amazing games but losses. But it would be it would be those. Um Although the, the 22, sorry, 2006 Wisconsin game was pretty special just for the sake of, that was my first and it was pretty amazing, but there's no other sport that I'd be like, yeah, that that, it's that one. Um, the big 10 championships were cool. The college football playoffs were cool. Probably be different if they would have won one of those, uh, playoff games. Finishing us out because there's no Farmerk84 today. Jonathan Joseph at jo- J Joseph 2156. What position do you think we will see the most transfer portal hits before the season starts? Um, that's really difficult to really envision. I mean, offensive line wouldn't. I I, I don't I don't expect anybody. But I mean, that's just such a deep position group where I could see someone being like, Yeah, I don't want to wait three years. But. I don't think there's a specific position that I would sit there and look at and say, yeah, that's where they're going to lose maybe a a bunch of guys. Safety, offensive line are are two positions where guys are going to have to wait a bit, but I don't necessarily think they're going to lose anyone there. So I really don't know. All right, let's continue on here in just a moment. Something exciting is coming to Built.com on April 22nd. That's Saturday. I don't have all the details yet, but the excitement is real and it's something you want to miss. If you, want to, if you know how Bilt works, they have the most incredible protein bars in the world, and they do these amazing flavor drops with unreal flavors in limited quantity. So mark your calendars and head to Bilt.com on Saturday, April 22nd to be the, one of the first to discover what the hype is all about. I can't wait to see what this new flavor is, and that's pretty honest, actually. Make sure to use promo code LOCKDOWN15. You'll get 15% off of your order. We are continuing on, on to the Victor's Valiant, starting with Jim at Jim in the North. Uh, what will they do for Mandalorian? It says drain four. I, I don't know what that means with drain. And then is a BA. Um, so I'm assuming you mean season four. What will they do? I have no idea. Um, certainly the, 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 the not, no spoilers here, but it, it felt like it, they completed the story. Uh, of the season, they didn't leave you on a cliffhanger or anything on uh, the season finale of season three, so I have no idea what the what they'll do. But you know what, like we saw with uh, Boba Fett, they don't necessarily uh, they 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 aren't going to necessarily limit the story to his because I'm sure going from if you went from season three sorry, season two to season three and didn't watch any of Boba Fett, you're probably like, wait, how, what? You know what I mean? So uh, I'm not really sure what exactly they're going to do as far as that. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a little bit more um, like if in the Ahsoka series or something that they have another storyline they introduce or something like that. Mark Zia, Mark Zimke, if you were Aaron Scott and Bryce Westwood, would you prefer to play corner at Ohio State and compete daily against NFL caliber wide receivers or play at Michigan and likely get developed better and show your talent against those wide receivers on the biggest stage in football? I mean, you're not going to like this answer, but given where Ohio State has tended to put defensive backs in the draft, probably Ohio State, even though Michigan's shown now as far as that, I mean, they haven't had a cornerback go higher than the third round in – the Jim Harbaugh era. The only ones that have are well who uh Jordan Lewis in round three. Uh David Long in round three. And uh I think that's it, right? As far as like the high higher end ones. Like Channing Stripling didn't get drafted. Jeremy Clark went in round five, I believe. Didn't even really play. Um LeBert Hill didn't get drafted. We'll we'll wait and see on DJ Turner and uh, Jamon Green, Vincent Gray didn't get drafted. So, uh, and wait, a missing one. Ambry Thomas got drafted in what round three? Whereas you know Jeff Okuda and all of those other guys have been round one guys. So it's it's a little bit difficult to be like, yeah, I would clearly pick Michigan over Ohio State as far as that's concerned. Because yeah, we you know they get developed, but it's that hasn't paid off in NFL draft dividends as of yet. So I know you probably don't like that answer. Certainly Will Johnson can change some of that. But that's uh, that's where they're at right now. Spencer Whitmore at Spencer Whitmore, is the pressure on Mel Tucker if they don't go at least eight and four this year? I don't think he's probably under any pressure because he has such a lofty contract that's all guaranteed that they're not going to fire him. So probably not. I think he's probably just sitting there being like, I am a career five and seven coach, and I have the leeway to still kind of do what I want. But so, no, I don't think that the, the pressure is on him. I think he's probably got at least three more years before they even consider getting rid of him. And it, it, he's just kind of in a, in a very luxury position at the moment. Perry Mitchell at Perry Mitchell 08. If Ben Hall is uh, running back three, how much does he contribute this season, assuming Blake and Dono remain healthy? Uh, I think whoever is number three will will probably get at least five carries a game, I think. And it might be Ben Hall. It might be CJ Stokes. It might be Kalel Mullings. It's really difficult to really figure out which one is which. Uh, I don't know if you can hear my phone. <laughs> it's not even near me. It's in the other room. But it's going off. Yakety sacks. It means my best friend Doug is calling. Um, anyway, <laughs> Clark at blue for life eight. Why do you uh, do you know why Papa Conte asked for the release from his NLI? Uh, I do believe it's academic related. So uh, that's just what I've what I've seen kind of in the Twitter sphere and message boards and stuff like that. So that uh, I believe it is uh, academics related that it it supposedly he hasn't hadn't qualified. Take it for what it's worth. But it's that's uh, appears to be the case. Uh Anton Sesmita Mangala at sesmita Mangala if you could change anything about college football, conferences, rules, playoffs, etc., what would it be and why? Um I would probably make it so that the then this is just off the top of my head, just spur of the moment here. I would probably make it so that the non-conference games would A there would be no the the we, we would eliminate the neutral site, non-conference games. Number two I would make there to be some kind of round robin in the similar vein as to what we see with like the the interconference divisional games. So like you 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 would have like different kinds of agreements like a Big 10 SEC type thing, you know, like and you know maybe you just have a home and home that just kind of rotates, you know, so it's like you know maybe it's not like set Big 10 SEC but like you know whoever is high, you know finishes highest in the playoff like so like it you know, you say like, all right, the SEC won, Big Ten was had two teams or whatever, you work out something. So it's like, all right, Ohio State and Michigan, you you know, maybe like one of you has to play a Big Twelve team because of uh because TCU beat Michigan, unfortunately, and one of you has to play an SEC team. Uh doesn't necessarily have to be the ones that, you know, played the others. And uh it's gonna be whoever SEC ranked whatever plays everyone in the big 10 plays this type of thing and you have like that challenge and then you just kind of roll through all the conferences so everyone has like a great premier matchup and it's home and home because i mean i want to see alabama or georgia at the big house i want to see michigan at one of those or like lsu or something like that find a way to make it so you have those and, uh, and then they, they play home and home or even if it's a one off at like Michigan at LSU and then the next year it's, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say USC at Michigan because that's clearly going to happen in the near future. But something like that, I think, would be really cool. Um, I, I would not expand the playoffs quite to the degree that they are. I would like it to remain relatively exclusive. So that would be the other thing, because there's something special about exclusivity. So James Kovalevsky at coach underscore Kovo. I think it's interesting. Many stadiums are removing seats and replacing with common areas like party decks to cater to people more interested in the social aspect than the game itself. Does the tradition of Michigan stadium make it immune to those changes? May they even add seats? Um, now, obviously, they removed some seats this offseason uh, because of people touching coaches and other players. Um, I don't know how much that's going to change things, to be honest, because I don't think that the seats they removed necessarily affect that too much. But um, I do think that I mean, Michigan Stadium is built to add more, and no, I don't think that you need to, They are going to add anything extra to Michigan Stadium to ma- increase the social aspect as long as they keep selling out. Now, if they go through some rough times or something like that, then certainly that's on the table. But yeah. Finishing us out in segment two, Dan Walton at 3D Walton. Question one, are you traveling with the team for any other spring trip? Yes, uh, I will be on the road for uh, for at least New York, D.C., and Gettysburg, uh, and uh, we'll see about the Ohio dates, because I have to get back for, uh, I, have a con- I have concert tickets for the last day, so it all kind of all depends on the schedule. Um, so I-, I have to find out what the schedule is a little bit better, and we'll figure it out, but I will be, going with the team so we'll see how that affects podcasting uh thankfully <laughs> thankfully a lot of it is happening over the weekend because otherwise i don't know um dan uh sorry we already know it's dan Walden. question two what which musician do you wish you could have seen in concert who no longer actively tours um i think that one's probably easy it would have been Alice in chains in the lane staley era I, I can't think of anyone else that i mean maybe like led zeppelin well, uh, you know, maybe I w- I would have said like, yeah, if I could have seen at least Page and Plant back in the early '90s, that would have been pretty cool. But it would be Allison Chains. I think would be in the Lance Daly era would be the one. All right, we're gonna continue on. We have a few more left. Let's see how many. Five left. Here coming up in a moment. All right, let's finish it out. Five left. These are. good actually for uh segment three because you know a lot of times we want to rapid fire them they're just kind of you know out there questions these ones are all pretty substantial so that's cool ben ricketts at ricketts ben 92 who's your been your favorite on field and off field coach to interact with since covering the team so now i've got to really go back here um i will say i enjoy chris bryant still we have our little inside jokes I call him the, uh, the, the the unofficial team mascot. <laughs> so that there's him. Uh, so let's let's go back. Uh, Mike Zordich uh, in in some ways because he was really funny and not necessarily intending to be, but I think it's just his personality. Mike Zordich also interview wise was amazing. Don Brown was amazing. Um, I even like like some of the interactions I've had with him off of the beaten or whatever like I remember uh, saw seeing him at a basketball game and was like uh, yeah I just talked to this one guy and this one recruit and he was just raving about you and he goes don't you know that I'm a hell of a guy <laughs> it was so it was just he, he was fun um, I've always enjoyed uh, Jay Harbaugh uh, especially in uh, interviews he's just so insightful and uh, it gets really deep into it. Tyrone Wheatley, uh, who I haven't talked to in a little while, but like Tyrone Wheatley was always amazing. Uh, so I, basically what I'm telling you is I don't have like a favorite. I mean, it, it's um, George Hilo is, has been was fun. I was going to say has been fun, but he's no longer with the program. I'm trying to think if there's anyone that I'm just there's probably a glaring omission that I just don't currently have. Um, I'm Just trying to think here. Who, who else would it be? I don't don't know. I think, I think that pretty much covers the bulk of it. Josh Gaddis and I had some really good, I, I I hated transcribing his press conferences because he spoke a mile a minute, but, uh, off field, I, I really enjoyed, uh, Josh Gaddis in, in a big way. Mike McDonald too. Um, I didn't have a lot of off field with him, but, uh. I remember he texted me while I was at Cedar Point a couple of years ago, and uh, and I was he like he asked me something like, "Hey, I'm at Cedar Point, can I get back to you?" He's like, "What are you doing talking to me then?" <laughs> so uh, that would be that. Uh, Leon Adams at LL Adams, should we be concerned with Davis's ranking continue to drop? No, because it's not like Michigan's looking at his ranking and and saying whatever. It's Michigan clearly wanted him. The, the Michigan wanting him is independent of five-star ranking, right? But that said, how many times do I say it's not where you start, it's where you finish. People get way more excited about a recruit if they're a five-star and they commit. Like, if Keon Sab would have committed to Michigan straight away instead of Clemson when he was a five-star, everyone would be still talking about Keon Sab. Like, when is he going to get on the field? But because he was a four-star, at the time that uh, that he actually did commit and sign, he just kind of gets lost in the fray. Davis, it, if even if he dropped to a three star, which is not going to happen, but if he to be dropped to a three star, everyone would still be excited about him to some degree because he committed at the time that he was a five star. You know, I'm not the one at William Cuthor nine. What do you think people get? Uh, why do you think people get sucked in by the war of words on the net? Uh, I'm component of making you eat your words. Like when all of those people said Michigan had no chance against the suck eyes, then we demolished them on their turf. That's when I got my laughs in because it's just some especially in this desert that we currently are in uh for the big sports, you know right? There's no football, there's no basketball, there's no hockey. It's it's really uh more interesting to have something that's happening, right? So um as far as like why they do it uh for for you know, remember these are kids. Number 1, number 2, I feel like Ian Moore is just defending him and his squad's honor. It's just maybe not the smartest way to go about it. You know, Joshua Carlson at Josh W F F 96 rank and order. The top three QB running backs, wide receivers, tight ends of the Jim Harbaugh era. All right. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to do this in order. Cause you know, it's not like I'm sitting out like, okay, I see this question. I need to, to really dig deep. We you know we try to do these spur of the moment. I've, even though I've been war you know warned against doing that. Uh because I want to give you my top of the head honest answers instead of anything else. But top three QBs, I mean JJ. I think it would have to go JJ Cade Shay. Um I, I can see where people would get upset about Shea. Jake Rudock could be there. Um that's what I would have. And in, in, in that order. Running backs, Blake Corum clearly is number one. Um I'll, I'll go with Donovan number two, because I mean, it was his performance that really, you know, helped make Michigan, but you know what? No, it's going to go Blake, Hassan Haskins, Donovan. Uh, I really wanted to say Karan Higdon in there, but that's what that would be. Wide receivers, Ronnie Bell, I think would be number one, not just prefer his on field, but also off field. Uh, I will go with Nico Collins, number two. We didn't really, I don't think, got, get to see the, the top, top end of him, but I wouldn't put him number two. And number three, uh, I think I'm going to go with Amara Darbo. Uh, tight ends, Jake Butt, clearly, number one. Uh, number two, I'm going to go Luke Schoonmaker. I think that he was kind of underrated uh, as uh, for what he was able to do. And then Sean McCune will be my number three. So there you go. I actually managed to do it in, in that order. Finishing us out altogether in the podcast, Darren with a question mark at D underscore Graham 90. Any chance we see Alex Orgy work his way into that backup QV conversation? Thought he looked pretty good in what limited time he had in the spring game. I, I don't think so just because I think Jack Tuttle is a wealth of information and knowledge and I think that he's probably ahead and I think Davis Warren is just uh, probably as well ahead a little bit. But uh, I think that next year it will probably he'll be, be in like if if there's no JJ, which again I I think that there's a good chance for JJ to return for his senior year, um, I think then then maybe that can change. Look I think he very well could be in the conversation for being a starter the next year. But uh I, I mean yeah, he's looked he's looked pretty good, but I, I I think there's a reason why you didn't see him till late in the game. You know what I mean? All right. That's going to do it for us today. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll be back on Friday with the topic. We'll find out what that is closer to. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you then. Thanks for watching. Thank you for listening. Peace.